Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. What day is it? <laughs> um, who am I? I mean, I've got no idea. What's my name? What's your name? What how sick? How here? sick do you feel? <laughs> very, very sick. Happy Christmas, but by happy. the way. We can still see it. it we've done <laughs> yeah, it. The big day's can. done. And you know what? We're nearly at the end of pretty bad year. Oh my god! This year. Jeez, do you, do you like ever think like this time last year, we had no idea what was going to happen, like zero idea, even like a couple of weeks before. I remember me and you being like, oh, it's just flu, it'll be fine, for God's sake, like it doesn't matter, we, you know, it's not going to be a thing. And then like two weeks Guess after what? that, look where we <laughs> was <laughs> thing. happened. It happened to be a big thing. I just don't, nobody could have predicted it. And and it's really interesting because I do feel quite nostalgic around this time of year anyway, looking back on the events of the year and, you know, looking forward, I guess, to what 2021 is going to sort of entail. We just still don't really know, do we? But I guess, I guess there have been some really special moments and a lot of it has has been sort of driven by the fact that I've had great quality time with the kids and after you get after I got over that first lockdown I thought oh god this can't carry on but for the rest of the year I actually obviously sort of carved out those Thursdays where I spent every single Thursday this year with Kit and we had the best time and him and I are so close so I'm really glad I did that but also yeah. it's been these conversations on the podcast that I have loved more than anything else yeah and you know what we went from being in the studio and that's quite difficult isn't it like so for those of you um who've been listening for a while we've had some incredible guests on and most of those people have been have come into the studio we've had got to chat to them before and all that kind of stuff and suddenly we had to switch everything around learn how to record from home um and we now do two episodes a week (laughs) we would never have done before um so it's been quite positive we've managed to get some really great guests on um that we might not have if yeah if this hadn't have happened so. and I think people have been maybe more honest this year because we've yeah. all had this time to reflect and really look at what's going on at home and how we work and like our work our, like our whole work schedule's changed like that that yes. whole kind of nine to five thing has completely gone out of the window yeah. um 
and and just what our limits are as well i think it's it's been freeing i also think it's been incredibly crippling um it's been just like roller coaster hasn't it up and down up and down up and down yeah it has it's been a really odd year and i hope i really really hope that you just touched on it there that you know those companies that have been very set in their ways about flexible working and that it doesn't work and all that kind of stuff will have turned on their heads and have seen this year just how much can be done at home without those you know hours and hours every week spent commuting um yeah and interesting that you're talking about flexible working because one of one of our favorite chats g was with was with the absolute powerhouse that is anna whitehouse aka mother pucker who came on to the podcast to discuss flexible working the most incredible person so smart I, I always learn I always come away from my conversations with Anna um, feeling like I've learned something yeah no me too and as I think she's mentioned on the podcast that um, you know this year has almost sort of catapulted flexible working like to the forefront and it's like fast-tracked it and a lot Mm. of the you know what she spent the last few years campaigning for Mm. has come to the forefront and has had Mm. to be discussed and had to be looked at because there's been no other way and you know however many months on we are now from when we chatted to her that's only got bigger and people have got better at it as well I think Mm. at the beginning we found it really difficult even us to you know like just finding our feet with how this (laughs) how how everything works online and all that kind of stuff and how we can actually have conversations with people over the internet has flipped on its head and we've all got so Mm. much better at it and Mm. um you can have you know a home life and a working life and it doesn't have to be you know one or the other yeah, and actually, hopefully, um, we're going to get the flexibility that we want now. We're going to be able to do the pickups and the drop-offs. We're going to be able to make the doctor's appointments. We're going to be able to do all of that because our employees will be much more understanding. Listen, I think we should get into this week's um, episode because this week is a reflection on 2020. All of mine and George's favourite conversations from the year with some of the amazing guests that we've had on. Um, we just kind of wanted to um, to show you the best bits and hopefully you'll enjoy them again second time round. So kicking off, uh, we're going to take a look back on the Mother Pucker episode. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. What I love um, is as a woman who isn't a parent, because obviously flexible working is not about parents, it's about everyone, you know, and a lot of people living with disabilities at the moment have said, we've been saying this for years, we we have not been allowed to work because like remote working wasn't allowed. But there's this one woman, um, she works at Virgin Media, she's the HR director there, and her name's Anne. And she just said, uh, every Friday, I put in the diary from nine to eleven, nine to eleven, that Anne is at the VNA, and she's like, <laughs> I cannot stand children. She's like, I cannot stand crowds, and she's like, I need those two hours without a crowd at the VNA to clear my head. And my work, know that I will work incredibly around that. I don't need to prove anything to anyone, but this um, embarrassment of having a life outside of work. That is what I hope shifts, and that is what has to shift. Whether you want to go to the V&A or whether you want to just be chipping hardened porridge off a kitchen table, which is everybody's life right now, just out, damn spot, out. How do you get those fucking dried Weetabix off the top of the surfaces? I just can't do it. I've got this spray and it doesn't work. The other day I was like, what can I use? I'm just chipping it away with the end of a toothbrush. That did not work, by the way. Did not work at all. using your... um, 
your sort of rank, uh, vaguely unshellacked nail to try and, <laughs> and you're like, you know, and it's like, you know, there's a massive thing going on out there and you're sort of about to cry over a bit of chipped porridge. And I think that's the, I'll come back to what you were saying earlier. That's where we are right now, this massive global thing happening. And yet we're all in this really tiny sort of domestic contained bubble there's no sort of in between. There's either global pandemic or getting crying over trying to get porridge off the table. It's it's a really bizarre time. So from Mother Pucker, let's go to Simon Thomas. Um, this was an incredible chat, one that sort of took our breath away, really, didn't it, Zoe? Mm. He's such a brave, brave person. He came in to speak about parenting through bereavement. And wow, I mean, for anybody to be that honest and open um, and really lift the lid on how that level of grief can affect you um, and what him, you know, the intimate details of how him and his son coped during those first six months that they basically built a man cave for the two of them at the top of the house and they just clung on to each other for dear life. Simon very tragically lost his wife very quickly to um, leukaemia. And yeah, it's... uh, I mean, I'm getting emotional thinking about it now, but uh, it was a wonderful chat, wasn't it? It was. And as you say, that image of the two of them um, building that sort of den and sort of staying in that room for weeks on end, um, that's really stayed with me. Yeah, Um, and me. Should we we get into the chat now? Yeah, let's hear from Simon. Yeah, you're dealing with kind of multi-layered grief. You're dealing with obviously the, the loss of your wife. Uh, you're mourning the lost years that she should have had seeing her boy grow up. You're mourning the lost years for him. And you're also mourning the fact that his life has now changed um, in a way that you wouldn't want it to change at the age of eight. So there's lots of different things you're dealing with. And then you, as as time goes on, you you have to deal with mourning the loss of identity because I, I, I felt I had no other choice but to step away from Sky. And, you know, we were... I think blessing sounds like the, the wrong kind of word, but I always feel I need to explain this because I've had enough comments on social media saying it's all right for you. But, you know, we had life insurance for both of us because, you know, you know, world of broadcasting. Yep. Yeah. There's not many staff jobs out there. It's freelance, you know. And so you need to put things in place for the day, which you hope won't come, when you can't work, if you get ill yourself. And we thankfully put it in place for both of us. And it meant that obviously there was a payout that gave me the financial stability and security to be able to step away from Sky. But you're, you're dealing with a loss of identity. Like, yeah. oh, well, who am I anymore? Yes, I have the most amazing, wondrous, important job of all, Ethan's dad. Mm. But who am I beyond that? No, I get it. And yeah. when people would say to me and still do, well, what do you do now? I mean, obviously I've, I've started my own podcast. I want to get back into broadcasting. But right now beyond that, I don't have an awful lot to say. I've written a book. I'm not kind of minimalizing that but yeah you, no, you, you mourn that kind of well who who am I yep. anymore um, yeah. what, what am I about so from the very brilliant and very brave Simon Thomas we are going to go to Caroline Britton who is a spiritual healer a life coach a therapist a mother a superwoman um she does um she heals basically she did a guided meditation with me off the podcast we did a lot of inner child work together I was really going through it with some of the stuff that happened to me in my childhood and my parents relationship and stuff and she definitely unlocked something deep inside me that needed to be 
um, unlocked. You were really fascinated by that as well at the time, weren't you? Yeah, I was going to say, this episode, I would go as far as saying change my life. Um, wow! Because at the time, we were in lockdown and... We, I mean, I personally was just taking on everything and being feeling quite cross about it. Um, mm. My husband had been used to being out at work every day and he wasn't. He was at home and not working at home because uh, he, he can't. <laughs> we couldn't. Yeah. Um, and I became increasingly frustrated at the fact that he could go off for runs and take time to himself, but yes. I couldn't. And she was the one who kind mm. of switched my mentality and sort of said, you know, if you don't tell someone that you need this for yourself and you need this time and you need that time, how do they know? Mm. And that really, that really changed things for me. Uh, and if you know, if you haven't listened to the episode, then please go back and listen to it. Um, Yay! It does put things, you know, put put some of the thoughts that you have into perspective, and also sort of helps you to deal with them. Yeah, and she she's very much a firm believer in that. Yes, you can be a mother, and yes, you can rush around after everybody and look after everybody, and you can be pulled from pillar to post. But fundamentally, you have still got to put yourself first. When you open your eyes, you've got to put a bubble around yourself, a protective bubble that ensures that you are not so torn apart throughout the day by doing everything. You know, we are the ultimate multitaskers as mothers. And actually, it's okay to keep a little bit back for us. This episode, like Georgia said, is a bit life changing. Here's just yeah. a little bit, a little snippet. <laughs> I of can't Caroline. wait to listen to this I know. Bit again. <laughs> of Caroline Britton in putting yourself first. When each of us take personal responsibility for the way that we feel and our energy and our vibration, it has a ripple effect on everybody around us. So when we are um, energized or feel like we've got some headspace and we're calmer, that's having an energetic impact on everybody around you, not just in your family, but you know, when you get in a car and you let somebody go past you because you're in a relaxed mood or, or the other side where we've all been in a you know, we've all been in a supermarket and somebody's in a bad mood and they elbow you out the way and then it affects your, and it affects your energy for the day. Somewhere along the lines, particularly as women, we have been taught that it's self-indulgent and selfish to put ourselves first and that when we are mothers and wives, business owners, career women, whatever we are, that it's always about giving everybody that piece of us first and it's not us giving ourselves what we need and then people then we get to choose and that's another thing Zoe as soon as you said that to me it's like people can only take what we're willing to give and I see that a lot like everybody takes from me everybody takes from me and it's like but it, they can only take what we're willing to give energetically emotionally practically so what are our boundaries around that? And we deserve we deserve to have them because yes, we're we're mothers and wives, but we're also like Caroline or Georgie or Zoe. We're people. These are just parts of our identity. Whoa, that is such a great episode! And do go back and listen to the full thing. Um, so from Caroline. Um, Another, well, this is a pair of um, experts that we had on the podcast, and we've had them on a few times. Expect the best. They are our lifesavers. Life gurus. I was going to call them life gurus. Yeah. (laughs) Chris and Rose are pretty much the two people that Georgia and I have on speed dial. If anything's going wrong, if there's a crisis in the house with the kids, 
we just give them a call and we're like, help, oh, I can't do this. Like Kit started potty training and now he's gone back again. They were there for that. You know, they can help out with weaning issues, with behavioral issues. As I said, potty training, anything and everything. They've got between them, I think something like 25 years of um, nannying and mannying experience. And they're just legends, aren't they? Yeah. So here is some pieces of their best advice. Some are hard to burp. And it's, you know, we're. I think we're told all the time, you know, get that burp out of them, get that burp out of them. And actually, the best way to do it is to just experiment with what works best for your your baby and what gets them <laughs> to burp. But you're right, it can yeah. be really, um, it, it can, it can, it can take a while. And, it, and for some babies, it can take quite a long time to get that yeah. burp out. But if you lie them down, sometimes what I do is that I'll sit them up, and then I'll slowly put them down to a lying flat position and then slowly bring them back up again and then continue the rubbing. And sometimes that yeah. helps to just get that, it, get it moving. Um, yeah. And I found, and, you know, some over the shoulder, some sitting on your knee. Yes. You know, and if you've had, if you've had enough and you're like, I've sat here for a long time, if you can get somebody else to have a go, then, you know, that's great. Appreciate that that might not be possible for some people, but absolutely, um, it it can it can be tough. <laughs> it can be a bit. And I think as well, it's good to mention some. It's really difficult if you've got a baby that's got reflux. Yeah. Um, burping and moving them around a lot is the last thing you want to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah you know, it's really difficult. So you've got to find that time and the balance and just work out what tricks you. There is no right or wrong when it comes to burping everyone will be different everybody will want to do it differently so just you know ease into it and find what what works for you by the way i'd just like to clarify that chris and rose are also excellent drinking buddies and we regularly (laughs) share bottles of wine with them because they're legends um so from expect the best we're going to go to the very lovely jules oliver she's been on the podcast twice now um I say this with complete sincerity. She is one of the nicest humans you will ever, ever meet. Genuine, down-to-earth, kind, compassionate. She is a brilliant mother. She is incredibly honest, just like, you know, you and I. She doesn't sugarcoat anything. She really... Um, I don't do if you agree with this, Georgia, but she definitely goes through the highs and the lows. And de- like sometimes Jules will just message us going, girls, can you help? And you're like, but you're a mum of five. Um, yeah. Can, can you, yeah. And we're like, yeah, I think. I don't know, but we can try. <laughs> and you know what? If you are wanting to have a big family, then listening to Jules will... I mean, I think it confirms if you, if you want to do that, it will make you want to do it even more because mm. although it's tough and she, you know, she, as Zoe said, she's completely open about how tough it is. She also makes it sound so wonderful. Um, and also she chats about her life with Jamie as well and that how, you know, they've got such a lovely relationship with their yeah. big family. So yeah, have a listen to this one. No, like since 18. So 17, I met him. And I thought he was fine, didn't think much. And then suddenly I went to go and watch him play drums. We got invited to this big kind of, we got on a bus and we went to the local thing in Harlow and listened to him play drums. And uh, I thought, my God, he's quite sexy. And then you know how that starts something off and I thought, yeah, I've got to have him, got to have him. It was a mission. And then of course I got him, obviously. And I was 18 and then we've been together ever since. So we've never broken up or anything. We've just kind of been on this little journey. So it's crazy. So we'll be back right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. Now, where were we? Jules Oliver. What a hero. I hope she comes back on in 2021 as well. Yes, me too. Me Just too. to give us an update on the Oliver life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need, yeah, we need to hear it. Um, so obviously, Jules, you didn't hear it there, but Jules touched on her experience with miscarriage, was very open and very brave about it. Um, so we thought, and it's sort of something that Georgia and I have really discussed loads this year, because actually yeah. quite a few people close to us have gone through it. Um, one of my friends has lost so many little babies and it's just so heartbreaking so during baby loss awareness month we wanted to hand the mic and hand the voice over to you so we did a special baby loss awareness episode where i think 10 very brave women told us their stories on babe on their experiences around baby loss um and it was just purely your voices and i felt like it was one of the most important pieces of audio that i've ever heard Yes, it's definitely one of the things that we're most proud of this year, isn't it? So that we yeah. were able to do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I want, you know, it's something that I'll go back and listen to time and time mm. again, actually. Mm. Um, so yeah, let's hand, hand it back over. I suffered a miscarriage five weeks ago with my second pregnancy. I already have a two-year-old daughter and this second baby was equally very much wanted. I work for the NHS, but this experience has left me feeling quite angry and let down by the service. I had to pay for a private scan to be told that I was having a miscarriage and I haven't really received any kind of support from any healthcare other than the lovely lady who who did my scan. I have had to resort to Google um, for a for a lot of information, and when I did contact my GP surgery, um, it was very vague information that was given, and in a very medical matter of fact manner. I have reached out to people who are strangers on social media, people that have posted their stories, some celebrities, some just people that that have written about their experience. And I don't really know why I've done that or felt the need to do that other than just wanting somebody to know how it feels. I've had the most amazing support by my husband, my family, my friends, but I've never felt lonelier. I think losing a baby is just so 
strange because you're grieving for somebody that you love so much yet someone you've never met um I also found it very hard to separate even though I know that this baby you know wasn't fully developed um but I couldn't separate emotionally this baby that I've lost to the child that I already have um and I found that really 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 difficult and I think if I hadn't have already had a child I I think I probably would have struggled a lot more with, with the loss nobody really knows what to say to you when you've lost a baby unless you've been through it I don't think people always know what to say I had told um, people that I was pregnant even though it was before 12 weeks because of the job that I do um, I needed my colleagues to know that I wouldn't be able to do some of my duties. I found it really difficult um, after having three weeks off work when people who know that I've lost a baby haven't acknowledged it or mentioned it. And that's not to say that it's all about me or that I want people to, to have in-depth conversations with me about it. Not saying anything, I think, is worse than acknowledging it. And the same as friends that are pregnant, I've asked them how, you know, how your pregnancy's going and they just kind of skim over it. And it's that I find really difficult because I still want to know how their pregnancies are going, even though I'm devastated that mine has ended. I never, ever want to forget this child in my heart and in my head. You know, this was my baby and hopefully in the not too distant future I will go on and have a healthy baby but that doesn't mean I want to forget the one that I've lost and I don't think I will truly be at peace um, with losing this baby until I have a healthy baby in my arms. One of the things that was sent to me when I had the miscarriage was a really beautiful poem which I'm going to share because every time I read it just touches my heart so it goes like this a butterfly alights beside us like a sunbeam and for a brief moment its glory and beauty belong to our world but then it flies again and although we wish it could have stayed we feel so lucky to have seen it i want to send big big love to anybody that's going through this it is fucking shit thing to go through and sometimes you just need somebody to say that and to sit with you in your grief. Anyway, thank you for doing this podcast and lots of love. Yeah, like you said, I think it's one of those episodes that you can keep listening back to. Um, those The stories of the women, I, I, I want to say from Georgia and I, the biggest thank you um, for those people that voice noted us in to, to kind of raise awareness and share their incredible stories because that would have helped so many other people. And actually, we got a ton of messages after that episode went out, you know, thanking us um, uh, for making those people not feel so alone. So yeah, exactly, thank you. exactly. And, you know, pe- people's journeys to parenthood isn't always you know meet somebody get pregnant have a baby it it comes in all you know all different forms and we were lucky enough to chat to Debbie Bright about her 
journey with fostering and also she touched on adoption in this episode. I love Debbie so much. Lydia's mum, I have known her for a really long time. Lydia was basically the first, so this story, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but um, I went through a horrible heartache, Uh, yet another heartache, probably not that bad on reflection, but at the time devastating. And my agent at the time was like, oh, I, I I rung her up and I said, oh no, we've broken up. And she was like, get on a plane. I'm with one of the girls from Towie and we're in Sitges, which is a place just outside of Barcelona. She was like, come for a girl's trip. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. She was like, of course you can get on the plane. So I went out and who was it? It was Lydia, this beautiful, like fresh faced 18 year old, like with bunches and freckles was like, hello. And um, (laughs) from that moment on, we've been really close mates. Um, She invited me into her home so many times. One particular occasion, we were getting ready for the Brits and um, there was this gigantic pig. Do you know this story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's this gigantic pig trying to get in the door, like an actual pig. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And Debbie was like, yeah, we thought it was a micro pig when we bought it. But actually, it turns out it's just a normal, it's just like a full grown sow. And this shum- oh like a gigantic God. pig was living in their garden. But she was like, we can't get rid of it because it's just part of the family now. This is this th- That is the brights all over. They are so loving and so warm. They just accept anybody, anything anybody any you know it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from they take you in or if you're a pig (laughs) (laughs) and if you're a pig you're staying put you're not being made into bacon right let's get into this chat let's hand it over to debbie well you know you've got to remember this i say to everyone lydia's been a foster sibling a sister to over 200 children a lot of those children would have been babies so i started fostering you know when lydia was a toddler so you know she was just about running around Uh, and so she doesn't know any different but you know she didn't really play with dolls she played with real dolls which were babies so she started changing nappies from the minute she could really so to her it's um it's you know it's come very very naturally because she's been surrounded with babies I know that because when I see um you know her children her friends that have had children of the same age because there's a big proud of them now that have all got babies the same time as I did when I had my first um you you know they they're like oh how do I do this how do? and Lydia just knows absolutely everything because she's she's been brought up with a house full of babies oh she's a delight isn't she um and from Debbie another guest that we had on this year which I don't think we would have been able to secure if it hadn't been for lockdown and the pandemic was Laura Brand um I mean, she's incredible, isn't she, Zoe? Yeah, she's incredible. She's one of those people that I'm really fascinated by everything that she does. Um, And I'm also super interested with her relationship with Russell because of where he was in his life and the thing that the things that we we saw on telly and you know his his kind of struggles very open struggles to then the two of them kind of living in the countryside in the middle of nowhere and him having a complete like 180 with his addictions yeah. and everything else that he's been through and she just seems like the most incredible um person influence wife mother and she's so holistic she's very calm laura yeah, no, she is. She's super calm. And um, you know what? When she, when she spoke about how she sort of met back up with Russell again and yeah. their paths kind of aligned, they were both, they both got to a place in their life when they were ready to, yeah. you know, settle down and have kids and it just clicked and worked yeah. again. Um, 
So yeah, let's listen to Laura. My ex-boyfriend and I um, separated. So that was five years ago. Um, we he left the he left the house like we we you know it was the bag packing moment and the sort of heartbreak of like oh my god what this is actually happening. And uh, my friend said to me like I can't let you be in bed. I can't let you mope around and be in bed. It's like come and meet me in East London on the canals, we'll go for a walk. I was absolutely like devastated, crying, heartbroken. Um, I hadn't seen Russell for for years and years and years, hadn't spoken to him, you know, or anything. And my friend said to me, meet me on the bit where you kind of come down to the canal, we'll walk along to there was a winter winter festival happening in Victoria Park. And um, I really didn't want to go. And I was really, really just in a terrible state of mind. I came down the, the steps to the canal and Russell was standing there. It was completely by chance. But he was, he was doing an interview because it was at the time he was working on a housing project in East London and he was doing an interview under a, under a bridge and I froze, completely froze and was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's Russell. I was like, I can't believe I'm seeing him today of all days after all this, you know, and, and Russell, I, I had been in love with Russell. So it was like, you know, uh, a real sort of pulled on my heartstrings. I was like, I can't believe I've seen him after all this time. My friend Molly was like, today is not the day to go and chase him down the canal. So she like dragged me off the path and was like, look, pull yourself together. You're crying your eyes out. Um, you're, you're, you. I don't think this is the day where it's like this moment where suddenly you see your ex-boyfriend, and you know, you, I, I think you might regret, you might regret it if this is the moment you see him after all these years. So I didn't do anything. So I just left it. Like I just, I said a very whimpering hello, Russell, and of course he didn't hear me because he was so he was like doing he was in the middle of an interview or something, and I just I just turned back and thought, oh, I'll I'll, I'll just message him, you know, and I spent ages wondering. Should I uh, message him? You know, should I not? And I did. And it wasn't until like a couple of weeks later that we decided to sort of meet up and we had a lot to talk about and we had a cup of tea. And I remember in that conversation sort of explaining why it hadn't really worked with my ex-boyfriend and saying, you know, I just want to, I think I just want to be a mum. You know, I was working in a restaurant. I was running a restaurant nightclub. I was working all night. It was so late. Um, uh, like I was very, very tired, very, very run down. And I remember just saying to him in that one conversation, you know, I think I just, I think I just want to be like live a quiet life. And I think I just want to be a mum. I, I definitely think that after the pandemic, Laura will be our friend and we can drink yes. rosé with yes. her next, next summer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> definitely. Laura, if you're listening, please give us a call. We are ready. To get we're ready. Out. We're ready for you. Um, from one legend to another legend who is now... Queen of the Castle, um, Giovanna Fletcher. She won. Yeah. I'm a celebrity. I know. I know. Aww. I mean, do you think? Mm, I don't think when we spoke to her, she would have no. even had an inkling that she was going to be doing that. Um, but I think when as soon as I saw that she was going on, I knew she would win. Did you? Yes. Well, actually, I wish I could find this clip, but um, and I'm not just saying this, but on on air on heart when they announced the lineup I was like Giovanna's a good mate of mine she's definitely going to win and uh, I was saying to my producer you need to get it you need to get it clipped up clipped up and he was like I'm not going back and listening through all of your links over the last three weeks he's not going to do it but okay so yeah I think both you and I knowing her as a person knowing what an amazing mum she is um, that she's super loyal invested kind caring she gives a lot back she's just got a great way great way with 
you know, her words and she's, who she is. She's, she's just such a warm, lovely yeah. person, yeah. isn't she? And yeah, when very we relatable. had her on, yeah, and when we had her on, she really opened up to us about um, her life, but also her miscarriage and um, how she dealt with that. And I think, mm. again, like this year, we, you know, it's a subject that we've spoken about, um, you know, a, a few times. And each time the person who you know who's who's speaking about it will have coped in a different way mm. um and it really stayed with me how Giovanna said that she just wanted to do nothing with somebody else yes and that she went I think to Izzy Judd's house and they were doing something with her wedding invites or something like that yeah. or her wedding favors and it was just doing that kind of like monotonous task that was just keeping her going yeah. um and yeah, I just, I, ha- I really have, I have that vision in my head. And I think a lot of, that's how a lot of people cope with things, isn't it? They just, they don't want a full on distraction. They just want mm. to be with somebody else doing nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, let's hand it over to the queen of the castle. Because it's a massive thing. And actually you do need those people around you at that point. Of course. Whether it's to be there in silence, that's, that's fine. Mm. Um, and actually my friend Izzy, who, um, is married to Harry from McFly. So they obviously knew. She knew because Tom was with Harry. So Izzy had kind of said, uh, do you want me to come over? And she had favours to do for her wedding. So she literally had to put stickers on matchsticks or uh, like matchstick boxes. Matchboxes? Matchstick boxes? You know what I mean. Yeah. The boxes. Matches. Bo- matches. Matches. Matches boxes. Matchboxes? Matchboxes? Matchstick boxes. <laughs> that thing. Yeah. Uh, the boxes so, that matches go in. There we go. Yeah. And and, uh, and like packets of seeds and stuff. So she just had to do all of that for the wedding that was the next week. And uh, and she said, like, should I bring them over? So she just brought over food. We just did this, like, therapeutic, monotonous task mm. of putting... She didn't ask anything of me, but I could talk if I wanted to. And I think just having that company, that was the best thing anyone could have done. Um, and I think it's something that I'll always be so thankful to her for. Um, mm. Because you don't want... I don't know. You kind of want to sit in it, yeah. Because yeah. because it's a thing, and I feel like you have to give it that time. She's mega. Oh, she is. Mega. She's great. She's great. Um, <laughs> we but, want her back on as well. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one. Let's get G back on. She's gonna be so busy now. So somebody that became a new mum this year in the middle of a pandemic, and actually for me, this person has done the most growth on social media. Um, yes. Because before she became a mum, she was... I don't think we really knew her. I mean, I've met her a few times just out and about, but I actually didn't know her as a person. I don't think she gave away that much, but... Yeah, I was just going to say she was sort of known for her lifestyle and her fashion and you know she was like a fashion you know she is still a fashion icon but that's very much what you would think of when you thought of Millie you know how she looked how she dressed what she got up to that kind of thing yeah um and she's just it's really turned around like she's so honest on social media about motherhood and you know the struggles that she's faced with motherhood and everything that she's been through this year and I really really think that she's been instrumental in helping so many people um who have had a baby um you know over the last 12 months oh my god I completely agree with you the way she talks Mm. about um Sienna's hip dysplasia that was the first thing that they were slapped with then she had terrible reflux she got Alison Scott right in to help her and she's been very vocal about her reflux journey and then you know that's two fairly major things that she was having 
to deal with. But it's the way that she, you know, even just one of her posts where she was breastfeeding and drinking a glass of red, I was like, yes, brilliant. (laughs) You know, it's just normalizing it all because we all do that. It's just lovely to see it with somebody with such a big platform. And I think that's why... I think we, it's safe to say that that's the reason why we do this podcast is because we want to normalise everything that is going on when people yes. have babies. And I think Millie is a real advocate for that. So let's get into it. Over to you, Millie. Social media is really is really can be really dangerous. And I think when it's most dangerous is when people just pretend everything's perfect all the time and it's it's all easy and it's all like, you know, flowers and rainbows. And like that's just not the reality of real life. So I, yeah, I just, I, it started when I was pregnant and I just thought, well, I'm definitely going to carry this on as a new mum. I didn't know how, how, quite how open I was going to want to be until I actually had Sienna. And it took me a little bit of time, you know, I took a bit of time off from social media when I first had her. Um, and I'm still definitely finding my rhythm about it and what I want to talk about and what I'm ready to talk about. But I really, I really enjoy hearing from other mums and I've, I've found it such a welcoming community and it's actually just shown me like such a kind of positive side to social media. Another one that we'll add to, um, you know, to get a night out with, shall we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Brilliant. Although she can't wear heels because she's I've been out with her before. She she got heel on. She's towering over you and me, little midget. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be seated. We'll be seated. Yeah. yeah. Bastards, <laughs> um, the last person. Who is it? Oh, it's Ida Williams. Oh. And she is an absolute scream and such a great episode to finish up with because she's so much fun. She says it how it is. Um, yeah. And she gives us a little insight into like the rock star life, doesn't she? Oh my God, big time. The story that she told us when she, when she, when Robbie basically stood her up, they've been set up on a blind day and he stood her up and then he called her like a week later and she was in a market and she was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then, <laughs> Um, he was like oh you know you don't know me so you can't judge me and like, like you know you need to let me take you out and she was thinking oh fucking hell I actually really like him she <laughs> swears like a trooper every other word is, a, is fuck she or shit she gives you a run for your money Zoe. I know <laughs> someone who swears more than me but then um, but then when and then she was like then we were on the sofa and I was like oh my god she's gonna tell us how she slept with Robbie for the first time this is amazing <laughs> it couldn't have got more juicy I loved her so we're going to finish with Ida today. Let's get into it. Can I just say I was super impressed by the tattoos because I had never wow. dated a guy with tattoos. And when he took off his shirt, I was like, oh, my God, what a bad boy. I mean, it was like so cliche because I'm so square. I don't have a single tattoo. So it was like, oh, I'm being so naughty. Do you know, it was yeah. just like, yeah. it, was, it was it was silly. But, he, you know, we had this moment on the couch and I swear to God, there was something really there was something really divine that happened where all of a sudden the universe opened up and and I totally and completely understood who this man was and he totally completely understood who I was and I felt like it was an electric moment I felt like I'd known him my whole life it was bizarre and it was a very palpable feeling and it was funny because I didn't say that to him at the time because I thought that will come off strange if I go hey did you feel that really electric moment I thought mm, not the best thing to say yeah. Play, play it cool, girl. And um, and then later, when he was telling the story of how we met, maybe like a year later, he described this moment on the couch. And he was like, it was like this electric moment on the couch. And then proceeds to describe it in the exact same way. Oh so I was like, God. wow. So it, was, so it, was, it was a thing. It was officially a thing, I'm going to say. So, you know, ever since then... He's, he's my, he's my, 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 my little Bezzy. And it was, it was an up and down roller coaster. We, we, you know, we, we got together, then he broke up with me, then it happened, 
back together, broke up. And by the third time, finally, um, when I almost had just completely written him off, he kind of figured it out and we've been together ever since. Oh, she's amazing. I love her. Another one I'm going to go back and listen to. Yeah, Um, definitely. Definitely. That was so nice, wasn't it? To take a little look back on the year. And I think this episode is our 88th episode. So (gasps) yeah, we've been, we've been churning them out. We have been, um, and we have got so many exciting guests lined up for 2021, which is going to be so much better than last year. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we can tell you that we're kicking off our first episode of 2021 with the wonderful Frankie Bridge. So that is, uh, that's the first episode that you're going to hear next year. We won't, um, we won't be with you on New Year's Eve. So whatever you are up to, socially distanced and in your groups of six, if that is what we're allowed to do, enjoy it. That's the rules, yeah. (laughs) Try and have a nice night and uh, listen next year we'll be back 2021 is going to be the best year yet yeah and I think we just want to finish up by thanking all of you for listening sticking with us sending over all your suggestions um, and just being part of this we really enjoy doing it and we couldn't do it without all of you guys yeah so um, have a wonderful New Year's Eve and as Georgia said thanks a million we'll see you next year see you then Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.